Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. It is my honor and privilege to bring back onto the line Jason Black. We had a great conversation on the last episode, and he was telling his story, which I can't wait to hear part two of. So we're going to have that coming up here in a minute. But if you missed the last episode, go back, get yourself caught up. We'll still be here when you get back. Uh, it, it's just his story is remarkable. And I love the way as he tells it, he you know, relates it to the list to, to you, the listener, because you're not just listening to a story unfold. You're taking pieces of that story that you can apply to your own lives, which I think is super important. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm taking notes as he talks and really listening intently because there's a lot there to really unpack and really understand. So I'm going to bring Jason back on the line here in a second. I want to remind you, you can check him out at jasonblackconsulting.com. Go there, connect with him online and also across all the social media platforms. His social is and his links are in the show notes, so do that for sure. Jason, it's so great to have you back, my friend. It is always my pleasure to be with fun people like you, Mario. Thank you, my friend. It's it's I've loved our conversations in the past, and this story that you're telling is it's got me on the edge of my seat. I think we left off in the last episode where you were in the facility and trying to convince people that you're ready to go home, that you're okay. <laughs> after everything that's happened, after, you know, fighting through the whole process which you know is something we all tend to do yeah. uh, we want to be you know and i'm the same way like whenever something happens where i don't feel good or i have a minor accident or whatever it may be i always convince myself i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay <laughs> like this stuff can happen to other people but i'll i'll be fine i don't uh, need to do anything right we all have that little piece in us so sure. it was, Hearing that, I, I could see some pieces of me in there as well as you were telling that story. Well, I hope so. I, the whole point of telling a story is to try and shorten the learning curve for somebody else where they don't have to go through as much pain as I did to get to the same end successful result, right? And right. so I would say one of the key pieces as I'm, you know, as I do C-suite coaching, this comes up all the time because you're dealing with people that are at the top of their game. Right. I mean, they're CEO, they're COO. They are the chief fill in the blank. Right. And I have found consistently. Whether or not we want to admit it, our greatest strength. Is exactly what our greatest weakness is. Right. So my greatest strength at that point was, I think, my tenacity, my stubbornness, my will to live. Right. Which I probably should have been dead at that point based on the damage done. But the fact that it took me that same strength actually took me the wrong direction, right? I mean, you heard all the damage that I actually did to my own recovery 
in, in the previous session. So I think all of us, if we are wise, are going to look to our closest resources, you know, the people we trust to be honest with us. And we could shave so many years off of our learning curve if we just asked frank questions to those closest to us about how they see us engaging in our lives and maybe what they see we could improve on or where have our strengths become weaknesses? Where have things that we've leaned to and gotten us where we are, where has that stopped us and kept us from really getting through to the next level, right? So I'm now after essentially being crippled. I mean, they're concerned about whether I'd even be able to walk again on the the extent of the damage that's been done to that leg. I'm surrounded by octogenarians to be forgotten about in a stroke patient home because of the impact done to my brain in the car accident has been so substantial. I'm hallucinatory. I've got, you know, a Bronx accent. It's not a pretty picture and I have no filter. So I'm especially, uh, especially special to take care of. In the midst of all of that, I did have steadying pieces in my life. God being number one, my girlfriend at the time, in the midst of all of that, staying right by my side. And I mean, that's just such a testament to her character. Um, the, if, you know, if they were asking who I would nominate to be a saint, I would, she'd be at the top of my list. So I'm in this stroke patient home, essentially having to convince them in believable ways that I am mentally sound enough to be released, which is terrifying because what, what do all crazy people say, Mario? But I'm not crazy. I'm saying, let me out, right? So that becomes a near impossible feat, but yet another tribute to God's grace on my life. So I did get released. I suckered that girl into marrying me. Um, and that was one of the biggest blessings, one of the best decisions I've ever made. I, I can't vouch for how much she thought it was a good choice on her part, but she stuck that's with fasc- me. That's fascinating because in our previous <laughs> conversations, one of the things you told me you would never do you, that you thought when you were younger that you would yeah. never do is get married. Yeah. So yeah. That- well, and that's just another example of we have plans and then life happens. Yeah. And if we get so rigid that we can only see one path ever, that I would argue is one of those strengths that becomes your, your weakness, right? If you're, if there is no other way, then you might be trading the right thing for the good thing, right? So you're, the good thing is often the enemy of the perfect thing in your life. That doesn't mean it was a bad idea. It's just not as good as what God has designed for you, which is bigger, better, broader, more influence, more fulfillment, more just a better life, right? But he's not going to force it on us. And so, yes, one of the the things I was sure of is I was never going to get married. She's uh, graciously stayed with me for a full 20 years at this point in July. I have, uh, I was also sure I was never going to have kids being the eldest of eight. I'd already raised kids. I didn't want any. And I'm, uh, for better or for worse, father to six at this point, four blood, two adopted. My eldest is a senior. My youngest is a 
kindergartner. So you can imagine, I, I'm never bored, let's put it that way. Between six children and three businesses, I, I have plenty going on. Um, <clears throat> so when I escaped from the mental institution, for lack of a better way of putting it, suckered her into marrying me, graduated, decided we'd move down to uh, Los Angeles. If you recall, my original plan, and I was diligent with it, was getting really good at money. So my original plan was, hey, I'm going to go to Wall Street. I'm going to make millions of dollars, and I'm going to move on with my life and never be broke. And then opera singer became my career by accident almost, which was awesome because that's how I got to meet my wife, Tasha. We moved down to Los Angeles to pursue the dream. I'm now back on stage by the grace of God. I'm sharing the stage with, you know, Pavarotti level opera singers. I'm on stage with LA Opera, Orange County Opera. I'm doing movies. I'm doing TV shows. I'm doing commercials. I'm, I'm one of the few people in LA that actually made a living performing. Um, and my wife thought, well, this is the perfect time. We should buy a house. So I'm moving from my town home into our new LA size mortgage, uh, excuse me, house. And the last thing that has to get moved is a six foot by six foot glass tabletop. And I'm, you could comfortably sit 10 people at this. It's a huge table. And there's probably, I don't know, three quarter inch thick glass on top, all one solid square sheet of glass. The only way to carry a piece of glass that big is between two people, two guys, cradled in your hand, fully extended below you, riding along your cheek and going above your head. So it's leaning against your face as you walk with it. And that's totally fine as long as the guy on the other side doesn't drop his side. Sadly, he did. Yeah. So it, I'm still holding my spot. I didn't let go on my side, but sadly it's no longer connected to the top. So the top comes down into my neck, falls into it just like a guillotine. It severs both jugular veins. Did you know we had two jugular veins, Mario? Now I do. <laughs> I I, uh, I like to learn on the on the scene. And so I've always considered myself an extremist. I think if you're going to do something, Mario, I think you should fully commit. So yeah. there's two jugular veins. Remember the one that we don't even know we have in the yeah. process. <laughs> there's, there's two jugular veins, an internal and an external. I severed both. So oh, I should have bled out in give or take 45 seconds. Yeah. 45 minutes later, I still had audible bleeding, bleeding so badly it can be heard as it's being pumped out of your body. But they still wouldn't operate on me because they were that sure I was going to die. They wanted to wait until Tasha came to sign off before they'd operate. Now, Tasha wasn't allowed in the ambulance, so Tasha is now in L.A. traffic coming to meet me at the hospital. So How did you stay alive for 45 minutes? Do you, did they give you an explanation for that? There are countless miracles that happened that day. Hence why, you know, if you've heard of a show called uh, Untold Stories from the ER. Yes. If you know what a pilot episode is, that's where they pick their best show. They go make it and then they shop it to all the studios so that they can see who will make more. Right. right. And I think they're in 300 plus episodes at this point. Yeah. They went to Cedar sinai arguably the best hospital in the world, and said, look, what's the craziest story you have? The first two words out of their mouth were Jason Black. So I am the pilot episode for Untold Stories cool. from the ER. I've watched that show before. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because yeah. it's so miraculous and nobody can argue it. So countless things happened that day. Thing number one, I didn't go into shock. 
I was actually, as the type A personality that I am, telling everybody what to do. So I told my wife to call 911. I told one kid to hold my uh, neck shut as best as he could with the only thing left in there, which is a dirty U-Haul moving blanket. I told the other kid who was now 6'4", 250 pounds, big guy. He's the guy that dropped the glass, ironically. Told them to hold me upside down against the wall so that and hold me up by my ankles so that what blood I did have would keep coming to my brain so I'd be able to stay conscious. Um, you know, in the ambulance, I made deals with the guy who literally had his hand inside my throat, holding both sides of my jugular veins together. So the blood was pumping through his hand the entire ambulance trip. That, so miracle after miracle after I, I lost five liters of blood. That's more blood than my wife's body holds, Mario. That's yeah. I was gonna say, I didn't. Did your body have that much? <laughs> what an adult male have? Yeah. So uh, five to seven, depending. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a lot. That's the short version. A lot. And so to have them not even operate when I arrived was essentially another death sentence, despite all those miracles, right? But I awoke to be told by the best hospital in the world. I mean, where did, you know, Kim Kardashian have her babies? Or where did Madonna go for her baby? Where did, you know, Britney Spears go when she went crazy? Cedar sinai is the best. And they told me, look, you are, we've never seen anybody suffer anything, suffer anything to the extent of what you have, much less survive. This is, this is absolutely crazy. We are... Glad we were able to save your life. You should be grateful to be alive, but you're never going to whisper again, much less speak or sing. Have a nice day. Now, I don't know if you were paying attention, but in, in the beginning, I was really well said. I mean, at 11, I had a portfolio that was making money. I was going to be fine. I was going to go to Wall Street, make loads of money, and that'd be that. So as a wealth manager, I was already set. Then this opera thing happened because girls... So now I'm being told essentially the only way to make a living I have is my voice because I'm trained into equally useless degrees, vocal performance and theater are never going to happen again. I'm told by the best ENT in Beverly Hills, look, it's, you're never going to even whisper again. So you better find another way to make a living. I had to, <laughs> Cedar sinai amazing. At medicine, you know what they're even better at, Mario? Billy. <laughs> I could see how that could go hand in hand. Yeah. So I'm looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical bills. A guarantee that I'll never be able to make a living again in the way I was. A brand new LA-sized mortgage. A wife that I saw through the first accident stick by me. And now she sees her new husband bleeding to death on the floor. But that's not a simple position to correct. I mean, just really, I'm in the midst of nothing but bad news, right? And that's why I think it's amazing that God has seen me through all of these things. And it's not because, yay, Jason wins. It's because whether or not you're talking about being underemployed or unemployed, especially in this COVID scenario, come on. Yeah, opera singer. Never going to whisper again. I, I can I can identify with being a little underemployed or unemployable. I get that. You want to talk about crazy medical bills. 
I get it. You want to talk about crazy medical situations. Maybe you're up against cancer or, you know, there's countless things that all of us struggle with. I get it. I can not only sympathize, I can empathize. You want to talk about being upside down on a mortgage. I get it. You know, you want to talk about relationships you don't deserve and you pray you don't lose. I get it, Mario. And much more importantly, God gets it. And what God has done through my life is faithful beyond faithful beyond faithful. God has been nothing but amazing and good to me, despite myself. This is not because I am a good man. I am not. Left to my own devices, I'm a horrifically bad man. I'm just not all that pleasant. But the Bible says that he's no respecter of persons. So, And I'm sorry to take this distraction. It's just important. So I want to make sure that whatever it is your listener is struggling with, I want them to see through my life the faithfulness of God in the midst of it and beyond it. And that you, you don't have to let your tomorrow be defined by your yesterday or even your today. He knows the plans he has for you. He has plans to prosper you, plans for a hope and a future. That's the God I serve. And that's the God who's just waiting with open arms to solve your problem too. So I was moving out of a townhome, one of the more expensive townhomes in LA, into an even more expensive third of an acre, which in, in Los Angeles is you know a huge palatial spread. Both of those were mortgaged. Over a decade later, I still own both by the grace of God. And they were both cash, cash, positive cash flowing properties. The medical bills, which were impossibilities, every penny paid in Jesus' name. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. If you want to talk about impossible relationships, look, 20 years I just celebrated with this wife who I know I don't deserve. You've got situation after situation. You know, talk about... <laughs> Talk about employment. So I went from, you're never going to whisper again and you're an opera singer and an actor. Good luck with that. To I went back to being, uh, I went back to really my roots, which again, full circle, right? Things that if you see only one way, sometimes the direct route isn't actually what's going to get you there most effectively. Sometimes the circuitous route and going to pick up the lessons that you need to get on your way to be even better at where you were going in the first place is God's real plan for you. So I ended up, I'm actually now, I ended up speaking for the Million Dollar Roundtable. And by the grace of God, I am now a member of the Million Dollar Roundtable. So I am essentially one of the top two for incentive financial professionals worldwide, represented 71 countries, right? So there is no thing you are struggling with today that God is not sovereign over. None of this caught him off guard. And there is none of it that he won't see you through and past in triumphant ways. It says, thanks be to God who leads us, meaning he walked it out before us, who leads us always in victorious procession in Christ Jesus and who through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. That's the God we serve. That's a beautiful place. So I would encourage anyone listening here, whether or not you're, there's only three kinds of people, right? There's the ones that just came out of a storm. 
They're the ones that are in the middle of a storm. And there's the ones that are about to walk into a storm. And I would encourage any one of you, regardless of which one you're, which one of those situations you're in, hey, look to God. See what his plan is for you in this. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said. And I want to also say, don't ever apologize for going that way on my show. That's the most <laughs> important thing. There's nothing more important than Jesus. If you want to go to scripture, if you want to talk about that, and I think people need to hear that. There's nothing more important. And the other thing is, when I listen to your journey, because mine's been much the same, and it's still unfolding. Yeah. When I look at the circuitous route, I just think about that's how God is forming us, right? Yeah. That's how he forms you. Because, you know, when you're born— he has a plan for you uh -huh. and he knows exactly what's going to happen and where you're going to go and what's yeah. going to, what it's going to be. And so, but he knows that also he doesn't want us to do it because he forces us. He's not a dictator. Uh -huh. The second greatest gift he gives us after our existence is free will. Yeah. So it's how can he use our free will with us in order to form us so that we can become what he desires us to be. And by the way, what God desires us to be is infinitely greater than anything we can even imagine for ourselves to be. Yeah, his plans are far better than mine. That, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the way that I see it as well. And that's why I've been able over time, like when I first started my journey, I knew what I wanted. And so I was laser focused and mm -hmm. I would go and I found success. But then after doing that for a while and finding that maybe the success isn't the success that's meant for me, I was able yeah. to let it go. And that's when I was humbled, humbled yeah. to the point where I said, why should it be the way that I want it? Like, I, I know that, like, I feel certain pulls and tugs and directions yeah. and I'll go explore that and I'll go take action so that I get feedback from that action. Sure. That doesn't mean that the idea I have is the way that it should be. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. It says that he will exalt the humble and he brings low the proud. I've been proud. I've been brought low. I much prefer to be humble and lifted up. Thank you. Yes. Just like when you look at, you know, when you look at Christ and what he did at the, at the very beginning of the Last Supper, what did he do? He washed all the feet of the disciples. Yeah. And Peter was even the one that said, I should be washing your feet. And he said, no, this is the way that this has to be right yeah. now. And Peter went from, that's the funny thing about Peter, because he was so, he was very stubborn, right? He's an extremist. Exactly. So he went from, I should be washing your feet to wash all of me then. <laughs> <laughs> He's an extremist. I can identify. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. But it's, it's just good stuff. Every, I, I really believe that every answer that, that we're searching for can be found throughout scripture. Yeah. Um, maybe not in the, the actual like literal words themselves, but through meditating upon them, praying on them, going Certainly. to God with his word. And so I really appreciate you bringing that to the show and tying it into your story and just bringing your testimony here. So Jason Black, thank you so much for everything you shared, not only on this episode, but on the last episode. I want to remind people jasonblackconsulting.com is where they can go find you to also connect with you across all social media. Thank you so much, my friend. This has been a blast. Let's do it again soon. I, I'm looking forward to it. So just to be clear what they'll find at jasonblackconsulting.com, you can find two different things. One, and, and it's very binary. You can click one way and hear more about my testimony and just learn more about the messages and the help that I've been able to deliver to Fortune 100 companies on five continents at this point. But really, how can this apply to my life today to fix my problem? That's where you can find there. And the other side, you've got the wealth management practice where I have been honored to serve as a, a million dollar roundtable level advisory for a lot of beautiful people. So regardless, I would love to learn how I can best serve you. Thank you. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jason. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Can't wait, Mario. God bless you. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.